You're listening to a Glasgow Women's Library podcast. What you're about to hear are extracts from our What Women Talk About When They Talk About Sex discussion workshops, part of the Sex in the Women's Library programme 2015. For more information on the library, our Sex in the Women's Library programme, or any of our other work, please visit our website at womenslibrary.org.uk. Hi everyone, thank you so much for coming. It's brilliant to have you here. Tonight is our sexology discussion groups um, and it's within the wider sexology season which is all supported by the Welcome Collection and it's linking in with work happening in London and Manchester. Here in this discussion group we are working within the model of consciousness raising groups which was a radical feminist model of working together and meeting together that was developed in the second wave of feminism. So the idea is that women come together in groups that are safe spaces for women to talk about the things that they want to talk about and share their truths and explore their feelings about things. So we are thinking about that, we're using that model in terms of sex and sexuality for women in Scotland in 2015. In terms of our ground rules that we've agreed together, these are really important so that the group um, holds together and is safe for everybody. The most important one is confidentiality. So when we leave here, it's important that we don't take anything that we've said here with us and we don't attribute it to anyone. We can use a name that we'd like, so you can all pick a name that's not your own one. You can use your own name if you want, that's absolutely fine. They can be therapeutic, but it's not therapy. And unless someone specifically asks for advice, we're gonna try not to give advice. Try and use the I voice saying like, I feel this, for example, rather than you feel because I is important and what you have to say is important and the personal is political. And finally, we'll just try not to interrupt people while they're speaking. We'll try and hold each other to that and I'm sure it'll be amazing. So thank you all so much for coming and we'll get started. Do you feel you need an orgasm to enjoy sex? What about your partner? I don't feel I need to orgasm to enjoy sex. I've had a kind of complicated history with sex, I would say. Um, Most of my early relationships were with women and I identified as a lesbian in my early life. Um, And then I had a very long period of celibacy, which I chose. And during that period decided that I I had issues around intimacy. Um, I've never really had issues around orgasm. I've always found that very easy either with myself or with a partner, male or female. Um, but what would happen was that there were sort of psychological barriers down in my mind, so I could you know, just orgasm like that. But I wasn't really there. It was my body responding to what was happening to it or what I was doing to it. So now I'm, you know, nearly 50, but I'm thrilled that I can now um, relax and be myself and be intimate. And if there's an orgasm, it's fantastic. If there's not an orgasm, it's also fantastic. And my partner feels the same, which is great because I've had quite a few partners in my life and they've not all felt the same <laughs> it's been quite complicated so you know there was a long time when I thought god this is all a mess you know when will I ever sort this out in my head you know and um it's really only the last couple of years that it's all I was gonna say come together but, uh, <laughs> or not oh, I laugh at myself um no you know what I mean it all has crystallized and made sense i think it, it always kind of made sense but it's very difficult to divorce in your mind what you feel is absolutely right for you 
and what the overwhelming pressure, yeah. you know, is telling you. And um, I think, you know, I, I've survived sexual violence and I think that that's played a significant part in my own sexual identity. And, you know, I think my relationships with women were, although I do fancy women and, you know, I've had really excellent relationships with women, a lot of it was a sort of I can't be with men thing mm-hmm. at that time. Um, and I found it very difficult having successful sexual relationships because I felt guilty about having them because I thought I'm not supposed to enjoy sex because I've terrible things have happened to me. I'm supposed to always feel terrible things when I have sex. And, you know, God, it was such a mess. I mean, I'm sort of half joking about it, but it was actually a mess, you know. <laughs> but now it's really good. And, you know, things are, um, for the first time really, how they should be for me. And I'm... I'm happy. So, so no, I don't need an orgasm, but they are nice. <laughs> That's it. Thank you. For me, no, I don't need one. Because uh, sometimes, I don't know, I think I get lost in my head a bit. And so sometimes I'm just like, do you know what? I'm tired. <laughs> I just want to go to sleep so you can stop trying. Um, no, I think for me, it's definitely about intimacy. Yeah, the intimacy and the kind of cuddling and I'm very tactile so just the touch is important for me rather than I mean I love an orgasm but it doesn't it doesn't kind of bother me I think it's the intimacy that sort of ticks my boxes and then anything else is a kind of bonus but I don't sort of need it and especially at the moment like my partner has depression so sex is basically non-existent um, and it's become so pressurized that it's easier just not even to try because if he can't maintain an erection then he then just feels worse mm-hmm. and it's like okay well we'll just not even uh you know it's just easier not to but i have noticed that i you know we've kind of got to that point i'm like okay well we need to make an effort still to to cuddle and to just like lie together because that's i mean i'm okay without the sex but it's the i really miss it if we don't if you're not physically next to me and stuff so it's been an interesting thing because it's yeah, it's not something that I ever thought would be a factor. Like, mm. I guess you expect, you know, young, we're quite newly married, you expect to be having sex like rabbits. <laughs> no, it's not happening. And it's interesting, like, some of my single pals will be like, oh, I haven't had sex in ages. And if I said, well, me neither, mm. it would be kind of like, oh, it's fine for you. You know, mm. you've, you've got it sorted. But mm. Nobody's got it sorted, I think. Mm. <laughs> And I think part of it, 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 sometimes being in a being in a a relationship or whatever description and it's not happening, it's almost more difficult to have solo sex. Almost mm-hmm. because it feels a little bit um, what's the word I want to mean? What I want to say? Dis, not, uh, disloyal, I suppose, mm-hmm. somehow in some ways. And that, I think that's a really tricky thing to negotiate. It's different. Somehow it's different if you're single, almost. Um, but actually, in terms of in terms of having solo sex I think it's more difficult if you're in a relationship and it's not things are not going well because it, mm-hmm. it feels and certainly my partner finds that difficult mm-hmm. we, we you know think we go through peaks and troughs but I think um, he finds that quite tricky I would say mm-hmm. it's almost like you've kind of discarded them for uh, your favorite toy of what <laughs> might be you know and, you know especially if things in, the, in your relationship can be quite an insecure place I think for people I have that with a woman instead of men to to say no, you don't do anything. I'll do it, and you don't touch anything. That was, I mean, not 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 with men. Men, mm, I think uh, they they felt bored that 
that wasn't working with them. They didn't feel uh, offended, but they felt bothered with this whole thing that, you know, we have to do this after, you know. Uh, it just ended up being boring for them, I think, although nobody actually said anything or showed anything, but it just they just felt a little bit bored. But um, they were not ju judgmental, but the only woman that I tried for relation with, she was like absolutely totally judgmental about that. Uh, which was like, how can you, <laughs> like all the things that you hear, and like, oh, it's better with women, and it's like, but that is the exact opposite of, of what I hear all the time. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah. My partner and I haven't had penetrative sex for a good few years now. I mean, I, I've got health issues, and he's got some pain management issues as well. Although he's, he's, he's healthy, he has a problem achieving and maintaining an erection. So when we have been intimate with each other, it tends to be he'll bring me to orgasm and then I'll, you know, reciprocate. We know if we do it the other way around, he'll fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I'll be like, right, okay. Um, I would love to have penage. I would, I, I miss it. Um, but it's also very difficult because, first of all, I say to him, if you lie down, cannot, you know, everything's sinking into you, you know so if you want to have an erection, you're going to have to stand up or kneel up or something and he doesn't, he, he feels if I lie down, he's got, you know, we should be lying down. And then obviously because I have fibromyalgia which is, uh, affects my muscles and my joints and stuff if I do something for a while, it starts to hurt mm. if I sit in the same position or I lie in the same position with her, it starts to hurt my hands hurt, my wrists hurt, my legs hurt, my neck hurt, whatever. So get to it. So we're, we're battling with him, and then I'm saying to him, I, I've, I've either got to. He keeps it just stopping and starting, and I'm sort of like, well, I need to move. I, I can't sit in this one position all the time, you know. And it's it's very difficult because I've said to him, can you go and and then we've tried Viagra. And that's the opposite. I don't know if anybody else has tried Viagra because all of a sudden it's a region monster. It, does, it doesn't go away. <laughs> You're like, what? And it's sort of, and, 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 but even then, you know, and it's it, it, you're still, yes, you have an, an, an erection, but the actual orgasm's not happening either. Yeah. And you're sort of like... Excuse me, I was going to say, you're flogging a dead horse, you know what I mean? You're, you're, just, you're sort of like... So it's sort of like, I like an orgasm, but I'm fed up with masturbatory orgasms. Mm -hmm. I, I, I would really like to experience again a, a nice, close, intimate one, as opposed to... I mean, we're, we're, we're very intimate. We're, I mean, we've been together for just 29 years, and uh, we walk around the park holding hands, and we're always, hello, honey, and kind of kissing each other, but we... Go to bed and go to sleep. Do you think there's more pressure on men because it's such a it's a, it's so tied in the image of being mm. able to mm. be virile. Mm. It's so tied in with masculinity, and I think for my husband, he's not any kind of typical sort of alpha male or anything, which is why I married him. You mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, that's really attractive. But I think he then feels really uncomfortable discussing the idea of being able to say I can't keep up an erection or Viagra, dear goodness mm -hmm. <laughs> I know what you mean, it's mm -hmm. like, this is worse 
this is worse, we can't do it for this long, this is awful. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I think the idea of going back to the doctor and saying, oh, that's not, you know, helping either. So, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's just, uh, I think there's there's way, I think it is more difficult for men. I don't know. I think it's difficult for men in a different way, I think. I think Mm -hmm. that's what it is. My experience of men is that there is not quite the same societal hereditary shame about sex about sex itself yeah. and having sex and enjoying sex but there's much more about not being able to mm-hmm. is, is, a, is, a, is a very different thing I think for men because that they are expected they are expected to enjoy sex and want sex and all of those kind of things so the, the, the elements of why it feels difficult for men are probably different I think yeah, yeah I think men when they're they're still expected when they're in, my partner will be 50 this year they're still expected to be sort of kind of like George Clooney you know what I mean <laughs> they're still supposed to you know this will, men, you know, men can enjoy sex and keep having sex and have father children and all this into their 70s and 80s and all this and I think that's a pressure that we maybe sometimes don't realise you know is that when things start going wrong for them again I know that you wouldn't have talked about this father you know, I know that it won't be something that that would be responsible. I know it's not anything that you could go to any of his male friends yeah. and talk about. I mean, I mean, you never imagine a group of guys doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, so it is. Who, who, who do they talk to? I mean, I, I, I can't imagine them standing over the motorbike with his bow and sort of kind of like, so are you? You having any problems? Yeah. <laughs> and that was what I was really struck by was it was always the kind of medicalisation of it. You mm-hmm. know, there is a, the reason you end up at the doctor is because there is nowhere else to go. With it. Mm-hmm. And it's actually there is unlikely there may well be a med- an underlying medical issue but that's unlikely and mm-hmm. actually but that's the only place we mm-hmm. medicalise it mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. it's going wrong mm-hmm. that actually this must be some kind of mm-hmm. medical problem that a doctor can help with and actually as we all know and, I, and I've been there well it's it's what's yeah. going on in your mm-hmm. head mm-hmm. most of the time mm-hmm. it's a problem not that that's not a medical issue but it's not sure. a physical mm-hmm. you know not a physical medical complaint if you like and perhaps that is because it's not something that's easy to talk about I think there's not enough um, understanding that people are different and there's yeah. expectations yeah. and all these, these things of how much one should be doing at yeah. which age and, um, and all of this. I mean, for, for, for myself, um, I have started to panic because I'm 53 and be 54 and I don't want to have younger partners because it feels like, you know, this kind of like the young boys are... And I was thinking... Oh, you know, all the men of my age, they're not going to be able to do anything. Uh, and I have met quite a few who can be like, and without Viagra, because I can, I can see, I, can, I know the difference. So I already had myself some kind of idea in my mind for things which are not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. I was thinking, look at that, you know, <laughs> just like all of them. How can this be? Um, so I, I think I think there's that. So their fear as well of what we might think. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I met other ones who were trying to keep doing it for an hour. It's like no, it hurts me. I don't want that. And I'm thinking, oh God, you know all this literature, all this kind of wrong feminist thing that the woman needs to have right now. I don't want this for an hour because it hurts me can you just and no 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 we have i have to be in control and no 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 can you just do it only five minutes please <laughs> <laughs> that's 
funny about your expectation. My my husband, I would say, has a higher. Well, I would say has a higher sex drive than me, but because he needs, that's how he expresses his intimacy. And you know, if I don't particularly want to have sex, I mean, that that's because I don't love him enough. Right, you know, yes, his expectation yes, is that yes. this is how you express love. Yes. And because, yes. you know, and that, that really causes real difficulty. So that what you bring in terms of what you expect from a relationship or what, what, yeah. you're, what you need to, to have to experience love can, can cause lots of issues, I think, around sexuality yeah. because yeah. we're all different. Yeah, yeah. And my, my own ex-husband, he had this idea that if you really like me, then you need, you, you, you will want to have sex with me, even if you have an argument. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. uh, if you have upset me and I'm like upset, I, I don't, I'm not this kind of machine that like mm-hmm. you press the button and start suddenly, um, no. And, and that ended, you know, we had different misunderstandings, we couldn't split up and all of this. Because of this idea, it's like you don't love me enough, it's like, no. Yeah, these things are usually connected mm-hmm. uh, in people's minds. Um, but sometimes in marriage life, uh, lots of people told me, and we had the first uh, argument with my husband after I don't trust anyone. This is very hard. Mm-hmm. Inside, hurting me because if I look a man, I feel some things, but no, I close doors. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, I don't must do, I am a human, my brain different, feelings different, but this is a big hole, <laughs> mm-hmm. because I remember always someone, if I trust, they will stop me again. Mm-hmm. I, I am in, an, in another, like in an extreme place, this, because... I, I am in favor of open relationships with multiple, you know, we have this kind of theoretical idea that multiple could happen. Um, but I, I can't stand cheating um, and the, because cheating has something to do with ego in my own mind. It's like, I'm not telling you because I'm just going to go I'm cool because um, I've got all these things going on. But I'm not telling you. And it's like, but I have no problem if you tell me. Um, I would love you even more if you tell me, but if I catch you, then I, I just can't um, cope with this. And people have cheated in that way. People, they could have told me. Um, so I'm always thinking, what else can I do? Uh, I told him that it's fine to, to tell me. And I, I don't want you to be having this, this little thing with somebody else which is outside the, you know, it's like as if I'm your enemy and you, you, you just go and, and have this other thing, somebody who knows also about me because I'm the official partner, I'm the successful one, the good job, you know, and, and all of this. So it's even more for your ego, it's even better to say, uh, oh, I've, you know, I'm just doing that and the other woman knows um, who I am and um, and all of that. So, um, yes, my <laughs> this, this, this is my problem of how to to get to that place, to not have to do this egotistical thing of, um, of the cheating. Uh, but my first uh, long-term boyfriend, he tried. <laughs> he was you're cheating all the time, and, and, I, and I sort of said, why don't tell me? So okay, all right. So, and the next time he, that he was going to meet someone, he said, okay, I'm just going to meet you with a woman. We were like 22, he said. And then he went and he came back and he said, but I couldn't do it because that, it just, there was no point anymore and I couldn't do it. Um, and after that, he didn't tell me again. 
I don't know if I spoke something, so you can warn me. You said, uh, why you... <laughs> Sorry, I want to deeply... <laughs> why you want to learn cheating? Yeah, I ask it to my... Everyone, every woman asks, where is my weak side? Or if other women better than me, sexuality, beautiful, or success, job, anything. Why you are looking at others, one, two, three, always trying. Why are why you find exciting? But uh, he doesn't explain. But I don't think you ask it like if I hear if he says I have to at this point I have to kill him. <laughs> no, I don't know why you why you wanted to uh, learn no. um, because uh, I lose the 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 contact. If if there is this other thing, if there's this lie, I I can't function. I don't know what to say. I just my, my my brain crashes. But if if I if I know somehow, I feel that we are closer. You know, for some people that might sound weird, but for me, it, I feel that we are closer because we say these things instead of hiding them. Also, if he doesn't say anything, I don't want to feel maybe he likes somebody else better than me. And I don't know if that happens. Uh, and then I feel insecure all the time. Does he like me enough? Um, and and I also don't want to be doing this myself to somebody because I might want to to be with somebody else. Not very often, but in some kind of special cases, depending on the person, I might want that. And I want to be able to tell him. And that is, for a lot of men, is like they prefer to not know, which... It's like, but I, I don't want to have this block of between us of this hidden story and of the why can we just not? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I know I don't have any opinions about whether this is right or wrong, but I know that um, I am like this, and I, I can have this switch, this switch for this person now. But that doesn't mean that I want to leave the other one. So. I am for these relationships that these kinds of things are acceptable, but that's not for, for, for everybody. So do we think there is anything that's come out that's kind of common threads of any of the conversations? That your early experience and your, your, your early experience of being taught about sex or your, your familial experience of sex does have a significant bearing probably for quite some time in your life. You three shared that you know how you've parented has been directly impacted by your own experience and how you wanted to do that differently. I think it's interesting that we all shared quite similar stories and we're not all the same age. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm from different places, you know. <laughs> a different background. Yeah. <laughs> how to become a woman. <laughs> yeah. Anything else that's kind of common? No, actually, we all enjoy sex. <laughs> Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> Who knew you could get a group of women together and actually but also enjoy it? I was just going to say, I, th- I think it's it's empowering and it's reassuring to hear a lot of reflection. Mm-hmm. Because I think we still feel, or, I know we're not supposed to be, but I, I still feel, and I, I know from talking to other women, that sometimes you feel I'm the only person feeling like this, I'm the only one mm. this has happened to, and there's a lot of things that we've all been saying and, and, and I've heard around the table tonight that you're going, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. I, can, mm-hmm. I, I, I know what mm-hmm. that's about. 
and at the same time, it's a wee bit kind of disappointing <laughs> as well. You know, because you're sort of like, there's nobody's actually sat here and went, I'm having sex every day, three times a day, and it's fucking fantastic. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, and it's, it's great. My, my partner, my partner's, you know, at all wonderful, and, you know, it's, and, I, and my mother was, you know, a fount of knowledge and really support, you know. So it's kind of like a wee bit kind of, we're still fucked up. <laughs> but not fucked up in the yeah. <laughs> And I think we kind of like to think that that would go away with, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure no. that it will. No. I don't no. think for me personally, I mean, in, in terms of your own journey, I'm not sure it's ever going to go away. Uh, the unease and the, the the elements of shame and the things that come to you, you don't even know why you do it, but mm-hmm. you've mm-hmm. always done it and you're, you know there's something beneath that, but you can't always get to it. So from my own experience, you would like to think it would be also in a kind of societal way, you would hope that, but I'm not entirely sure. Mm-hmm that were there or I'd like to think that those of us who are doing it differently with their children will give them a different experience and that will become a collective experience but you don't really know that that's the case because you know we are carrying a lot of hereditary stuff with all of that societally and it's difficult to know how how far we need to go before a lot of that becomes obsolete almost and also how much you can control or not like I was um speaking at a conference and I had to reflect on my own kind of uh, journey from a faith background and I had never noticed that even though I actually was brought up in a church that was pretty, the actual church was quite liberal. I wouldn't have known that at the time, but it was. Um, but because you're not in for the sermons, you're out in Sunday school, so you're you're being taught whatever that individual mm-hmm. teaches you. That's not about the whole church. But then also as a teenager... I had a wonderful youth worker who's now like one of my good friends. She was wonderful and she was really open about sex. And then like and the pals that I had within that culture were were all really liberal. But anytime we went to a youth event, it was always about sex and it was always from a really conservative point of view. So mm-hmm. even though, you know, I guess if my parents had tried to do everything they could, that wasn't where they were coming from, but even if they had tried to do everything to try and say, right, we want this to be an important part of your life, mm-hmm. but we want you to have a kind of more liberal, open view of things. Anytime it was out with that specific controlled environment, you're then exposed to these kind of harmful mm-hmm. theologies yeah. that are ways of thinking that, yeah, I don't know how you get rid of them, mm-hmm. really. Which is entirely constructed to promote shame. They don't, that, yes. I don't mean that, they're not <laughs> deliberately constructed, but that, that, is, that, is, that is the happens. end result the mm-hmm. of all of those things, mm-hmm. and it, it's, the, it's the shame that holds people back stops them expressing themselves and mm-hmm. all of those kind of things. Interesting because the place where I come from, I don't know about you, like, the, the, there are no um, sort of um, churches or, you know, um, Sunday schools that they talk about these things in mm-hmm. shameful or any other way. Mm-hmm. It's just they're not there. Uh, but then the country is and it was full of porn, mm-hmm. like, on your face. Mm-hmm. Totally. Like, in this country, it's kind of a little bit more censored or something. Mm-hmm. The cinemas, there are the kind of porn cinemas open 24 hours, and the, the, the boys from the primary school, they would go into this. Mm-hmm. So then you kind of grow up in an environment like this, and then you kind of walk. I would just walk on the street, and I could hear dirty things constantly. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like it was like a constant thing. You just could not walk on the street. Uh, and not hear different things <laughs> uh, of kind of light ones with the most 
and most creative, you know, kind of, you think, how do you think of this? <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's interesting, the shameful, you know, the shameful religions and what they can do, or this, this other thing that you think, oh, help, you know, what is this? Mm-hmm.